0: So I'm here talking with Nathan Fox, an illustrator, comic book artist, a teacher. He's the department chair of the Visual Narrative MFA program at the School of Visual Arts. His clients include The New York Times, The New Yorker, Rolling Stone magazine, Wired magazine, ESPN, and many others. How are you doing, Nathan?
1: All right. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's good to chat.
0: Like I mentioned, you work across a wide swath of industries. How do you view yourself when you're you're talking about yourself as an artist? How do you describe yourself?
1: illustration was pretty much where I came from. But in terms of of my roots, I had a a really diverse and kind of interdisciplinary background. In terms of my illustration career, I've always been influenced and interested in other mediums and and collaborated and, and done things outside of illustration. And I find that that really influences the work that I do. For all argument's sake, I am an illustrator, but I don't know if that definition is the career that I practice or how I approach things.
0: When did you get into illustration?
1: Well, I tried when I got out of undergrad in 97. I couldn't get a job to save my life. I I got some local paperwork, which actually (laughs) was my first foray into being a freelancer and losing holidays and weekends to work. I had a really hard time starting out, but then eventually started getting into illustration while I was in grad school. That's really when things started.
0: Where did you study in undergrad?
1: I initially went to the Kansas City Art Institute to be an animator. As I started getting deeper into that, I started realizing I wanted to really work for myself and draw for a living as opposed to working for a company. And illustration seemed to be the only thing that would do it. I was already getting into film, printmaking, painting. I was basically trying to do everything I could to cram all of that other influence and media into illustration because the way that we were taught illustration back in the day, it was all built around beautiful images. I was a huge fan of the old boys club of illustration, the golden age of commercial and illustration art. That's one reason why I started getting more into printmaking and film going out and collaborating on people's projects and working in the print studio more, just getting more into fine art and gallery work to try and find something that would be mine where my vision or art or thought was coming from. I just didn't know what to do with it. I was fortunate enough to be part of the thirty under thirty in print. That recognition was really huge for me because I I still waiting for this to end. You know, like it it's insanely humbling. So when when that happened, I it felt like a great moment to honk a few horns and put together a collection of some crazy shit. Use this opportunity to start sending it out there. And I was starting to get into comics but not believing that would go anywhere and and didn't really jump off that cliff just yet. I still had no idea how to tell a story to save my life at the time. And I just uh, I put together a mini booklet of postcards because that's what everybody did. I put together a collection of of postcards that were to some degree sequential, created a body of work and then bound it inside of a double sided cover that had all the content on it. That was my first real promo that I sent out that got any response. But what it what it did was spark up a conversation and built relationships. And when it came to the sequential work years later, that was when I started to finally take a chance on comics, which literally for me, was starting over because I had to learn how to tell a story sequentially anyway, I was never really taught any kind of formal training. I had to pitch it. It wasn't really what editorial necessarily was doing outside of every now and then you'd see a comic pop up because that was the format or that was the content and it was comic related especially some of the New York Times uh, magazine stuff that that I ended up pitching. It was because I I was working with the art director and had those relationships spark up and then would have these collaborative and brainstorming, explorative conversations about the piece with the art director. You know, hey, what if we did this? Because this is the point that we're trying to make. These are the things that we want to show. And a singular image could be read any different way. And I I want to engage in it, but I feel like it needs motion. You know, it really needs to be visualized and brought to the forefront because it'll make the cover image and the rest of the package unite. That will then be the, the bridge that will connect everything. And then also how can color be used narratively? How can the format and structure of the shape of the story that I'm going to be visualizing, how will that affect or contribute to the larger Design of, of the work and the and the package that was kind of the the play that went into it and that became the work that I then packaged together around and started sending out in terms of promotion and trying to get work. I made a deal with myself that if I was going to do this for a living and be fortunate enough to do it, I wanted to learn the industry because the one the one thing that I really regretted when I graduated, you know, uh, really understanding how the industry worked. And I if I was going to do it, I wanted to earn it. So I. I didn't pursue any representation and just literally pounded the pavement rather than stabbing in the dark and just mailing stuff out. I realized if I did that and got involved in the community and built relationships from there, that would be able to produce
0: more work and connections than just randomly tossing stuff in the mail. You made a, a really good point, which was when you're communicating with an art director, really taking the initiative to like look at the format and look at what your options are and maybe even pitch ideas that they're not thinking that gives you a certain amount of control over or would, you know, bring something to the table beyond just your style. Yeah, but
1: also to the credit of those art directors, you know, and the people I've been fortunate enough to work with, they were either open to that or they were like, hey, what if we did this? And then that would spark something on my end. We have all this space, what if we redesign the page and move some columns around? It was very much a give and take and I, I learned a lot about the industry and art direction that way. You know, I would encourage anybody who's in the industry or in school now get in there and get the job to learn how it works because the, honestly, like learning the hard way of how that actually functions allowed for such such greater collaboration and conversation than I think I would have ever had as like a pencil or pixel pusher.
0: So comics, the comic industry is an entirely different beast altogether. You know, when you talk about editorial illustration, really what we're talking about is a series of art directors and magazines that all know each other and basically hang out together. And it's its own bubble of an industry. And it does not overlap, totally separate from other publishing industries and editorial and all of that. How did you go about transitioning, sort of crack open to the comics industry?
1: In graduate school, I, I really started getting that bug for comics. Yeah, I didn't grow up with comics necessarily outside of like Calvin and Hobbes and Garfield. So I, I was fortunate enough to be educated in comics in undergrad with the classmates that I had gone to school with and Jim Mafood and Mike Huddleston. Jim and I were in the same class and Mike graduated a year ahead of us. And we became friends and roommates. I learned a lot about self publishing comics and independent comics from them. Their bookshelves were kind of my education and foray into that. And in graduate school, when I finally tiptoed up to that cliff of trying to do that, I was in illustration and, and things were going really great. And I was like, I'll ask Jim for an introduction to somebody and this is gonna be awesome. You know, maybe I could at least get a cover. So Jim introduced me to to Bob Shrek. I realized that Bob was from Kitchen Sink and a bunch of other stuff. And I was like, this guy is perfect. He'll get me. So I go in, I show Bob my stuff. It's a very short meeting, very quiet. I'm getting nervous. I don't know what's going on. And he just, he starts laughing and he says, man, your, your stuff is beautiful. I love it. It's, it's really great. You're a great illustrator, but I can't do a damn thing with you. Cause you can't tell a story to save your life. And I was like, well, what about covers? And he's like, no, 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 hold on. This is comics this is not illustration and so everything that i had come to understand about visual problem solving and visual essays and narrative art had limitation and then that made me realize that i had to become a storyteller i didn't actually know what goes beyond solving somebody else's problem in a visual way and creating a visual piece i had to figure out how to give that life and actually understand where story is and how characters function and world building and all that, I thought I had an understanding of, but in reality, I was just a tourist. I was the audience. I was the creator and didn't understand the language. And Bob was, was generous enough to allow me to come back. And so I basically spent the next two years researching storytelling, playwrights, a ton of writers, Read a ton of books, watch a ton of films, and start dissecting and reverse engineering how storytelling worked in comics and film and television, as well as novels and writing and prose, and start to see how that language made sense to me. I kept going back and forth to Bob and starting to meet other editors, but not necessarily asking for work as much as I was like feedback and, and connections to build those relationships. And then eventually I had another meeting. They gave me a chance. And the first thing they gave me was a uh, Batman black and white, uh, eight-page short, which was awesome. Probably the only and last time I'll ever be allowed to draw Batman uh, because I made him human. He's chubby, he's me, he's just a rich me. Mike was on Harley Quinn at the time. And so I got to do a fill-in issue for him that put the Batman Black and White on hold and eventually started doing that. And then I got to do a cover uh, for Fight for Tomorrow for Brian Wood. And, and then that led to working on the Friendly Fire stuff where I got to create a character. Then eventually that would branch out into like character and story development stuff, some animation and motion shorts, that's kind of how things happen and just kind of like branched out from there. But if I hadn't had that critique and that generosity from Bob, as well as those connections to that community, I doubt I would, I would ever be in this place. But it really sparked that story development aspect of trying to figure out that language and then putting my research and reading and studying to practice literally on the page to meet a deadline and eventually comics and story work and story development work became my personal work
0: yeah it's the work that gives you the sense of authorship in a way right where it's like sometimes when you work for editorial it's like it's half yours or it's like fulfilling but walking away and seeing an entire page that you've orchestrated that is like writing a book so what are some of the projects you've worked on i know you're working on weatherman now and are there any others that are more personally driven
1: I am participating in the story and the reason why we're telling this story is personal. I think it's safe to say I've been waiting 20 years being off and on in comics that this is literally the first the first time I felt like what I was creating is contributing something larger than what I have done to date in in terms of the medium and art and literature and story.
0: Do you have a conversation when the script is being written and do you have input? into the direction the story goes?
1: Well, it, at least on the visual side, I'm, I'm taking the script and transforming it into that and everybody else kind of kind of comes in to help complete that transition. So I'm doing as much visual writing as Jody is in script, but he approached me with the entirety of the, of the concept and, and structure of the story. And I started reading it and realizing that where Jody was at and the level of exploration and empathy and emotion that was in what he was writing, we were at the same point dealing with the same things that I was so in tune with what was happening within the story and why it was being told that if I was the one who didn't tell that story, I would forever regret it. We were the two that had to tell it. And for some reason, he was writing it with me in mind the entire time, which was strange and awesome and weird. Once we started talking in person and I started reading more of it, it was a no-brainer.
0: So when you're putting together a project like that, that's something that's coming out through Image Comics. Image has somewhat of a unique platform where they take proposals for ideas, but they allow you to retain ownership of that. So one of the few companies that are as sizable as they are that deal with content that way, What was it like on your end putting together a pitch?
1: We were definitely fortunate enough to have relationships with the people at Image. We basically needed to create a valuable proof of concept. And then that's not even considering contracts and setting up an LLC and the business side of all of that stuff. So we basically put together the pitch, to some degree a bit of a market analysis as to what makes the weatherman unique and different from everything else, so, we, we basically had to assemble the team, get everything set, get it approved. And then, once that happened and once we committed, then it, we had to meet those deadlines constantly. We had two years of world building conversations, character development in, uh, and it just the story started to evolve as those relationships and those characters and those pages started happening. Uh, which is really cool on the story and it is definitely a, a give-and-take collaboration there's been things that i've collaborated on in terms of script and structure and then a lot of his feedback in terms of meaning of scenes and why certain things would happen and how he would set everything up to, to have it pay off has been a great insight and education on my end especially in terms of, of writing in the future
0: nice so switch gears a little bit let's talk about the visual narrative program what exactly is that program what are the students learning there and so on
1: the mfa visual narrative program is basically a first storycraft focused graduate program where it's really about connecting the dots between authorship in terms of creative writing and storycraft with Visual development, world building, and a portfolio based practice so that you focus on what it means to be both an author and an artist of your own original content. It is a story first, universal language program where the students aren't expected to draw, they're expected to figure out how story functions and to visualize the point and story that they're trying to make, which is great because it's an interdisciplinary, low residency where all the students can come together from an array of backgrounds to have a conversation
0: and focus on story development. What kind of careers is the program oriented to? People get out of the program, what is it that they're really hoping to find, and then what sort of career path does that lead people to? Everybody comes
1: with their own skill sets and vocabulary and expectations of where or what story is. Uh, Much like me walking into Bob's office thinking I I know what story is and then being told maybe it's something else. So that that conversation can be had about what story is, how it truly functions, and to understand the structure and format behind that in order to discover what story means to them. What aspects and characteristics of visual storytelling and, and creative writing and authorship is to them in order to define their voice and move that forward into a career. The program is set up as a freelance production company lifestyle where, where you really do have to produce at a graduate if not professional level and take agency and ownership of where that's headed. So the work that they create is meant to get them to start heading in that direction. Some students are straight out of school and they're uh, hitting the ground running and others are professionals who are there to evolve or elevate their current career or completely switch or branch out into, into new media. So the, the possibilities to some degree are infinite, but because of the way the program is engineered, it's about the students and professionals taking agency of limiting those options so they can be very specific, not only in their story creation and craft, but also those industries that they want to connect to, who their audience is, and understanding the markets of where their work applies.
0: Do you have a, a larger picture on where you think the illustration world is at right now and what those necessary skills are to remain fluid and adaptable in that climate?
1: It seems what's happening now, especially with immediacy technology and a real need for change, new voices and original content, we have so much more access to different types of story that it feels like. There is an opportunity to really develop it as a skill and a craft more so than it ever did before. It seems to be proven that in every industry there's always a need for original content, but when it comes to visual storytelling and being able to jockey and think in that realm, there is something amazing that happens when a group of people from completely diverse and unique backgrounds have an understanding and a common language. That they all communicate in.
0: Great. Well, I think that's an excellent place to stop, Nathan. I just want to thank you so much for your time. That was incredibly informative and very, very helpful.